0: Greetings meet Sacks. it is I, your friend the internet. It has been a minute how have you been? I have been, fine. I just wanted to stop in and remind you that the podcast you are about to listen to, Checks Notes, Discologist, is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Osiris helps create deeper connections for music fans, by creating and curating music and culture podcasts and experiences. To check out all of their great shows like Dead to Me, Broke Down Pod, and more, use me to connect with Osirispod.com. P.S. I see by your search history that you love hacky sax and something called Ultimate Frisbee, so I guess I should also remind you that Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Go to Jambase.com to find out more. Now, here is your podcast. Enjoy it while you can. Ha. Ha. Ha.
1: Okay. It happens here. And it finishes here. Two men into one man. It was
2: merely a two word review. It just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the
0: last That right there like, is a lot.
2: Welcome back, fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on this your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live is from a tiny shack right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're so happy to have you here. Took a little week off there. Uh, things were getting a little hectic. And uh, October is a little solid albums. So we... Uh, we left you hanging there. Hope hope you didn't miss us, but we are back with, uh, I believe the technical term for this is one motherfucker of an album. Patrick Watson's Wave is out now. This is an artist that I fell in love with a couple of years ago. Uh, just a remarkable, uh, I, I can't even really describe it. We're going to try to describe it in this episode, but he, he 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 fuses together and synthesizes all the things about music. And visual, like just our experience into this thing you put in your ears, and it overtakes your your mind, and your heart, and your soul, and it's just um, it's remarkable. And and I honestly didn't know he was coming out with an album until a couple months ago, and I leapt up out of my chair and (laughs) just did a little did a little dance. Uh, At any rate, uh, if you know Patrick Watson's music, then you already know this. Uh, If you don't, then I am very excited for you to get acquainted. Uh, with it, so that that's what we're going to be doing today. My friend Mr. West Covey is going to be joining us, and we're going to tell you a whole lot more about uh, Mr. Patrick Watson and his band here in just a second. So, uh, if that is what you're here for, if you're down with that, you want to have uh, really your soul kind of enriched here in a in a few minutes, then I, I think just let's get going. Let's kick it off. Here's the first track, the first single off of Patrick Watson's Wave Dream for Dreaming.
1: This tree dream. You wake me up tonight. Cause this life I'm living doesn't really feel like this strange. never thought you leave I never thought I'd have to start Oh
2: For of Patrick Watson's eighth album. I was right, eighth. We didn't know there were eight albums. Uh, Wave. Uh, back in 2015, he put out an album called Love Songs for Robots. In 2012, Adventures in Your Own Backyard was the one that NPR picked up on. Uh, that didn't really hit with me. It was sort of like this weird, um, not folk stuff, but very uh, almost whimsical music. That I didn't. I, it's it's still not my favorite. Love Songs for Robots though is one of my favorite albums of all time, and and in part because I got to see that show two times on that tour, and when I say after shooting hundreds of shows, this is the most visually arresting like performance I've ever seen. Uh, that that should like weigh that up appropriately, but uh, you know Patrick Watson, this guy from uh, Montreal now. He is—I uh, don't know—how would you describe him, Wes? Is like it's—it's orchestral, it's, it's chamber, folk, pop, weird. I—I I don't know. I, I would describe it exactly like that. <laughs> okay. To the well, word. That's <laughs> all right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're done. He's—he's—he's he's, he's a composer. He is a. Uh, th- this is a band, by the way. The band is Patrick Watson. There is a man called Patrick Watson that that distinction needs to be made because they just basically were making music for so long. They said, "Well, it's going to be too hard to think up of a band name." Um, but there's people, you know, compare him to Rufus Wainwright. Uh, there's a lot of Andrew Bird in there, Nick Drake, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Buckley, uh, and uh, and Pink Floyd.
3: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with and, all those. Mm-hmm. You know, Rufus Wainwright is one of the first ones I was thinking that the kind of like theatrical um, side to it. That uh, mm-hmm. both of the, both these two really nail that sound.
2: But this this is on his other albums. He's he's engaged more in a dreamscape, and this certainly is is more of a dream. Scapy album, if not uh, very underwater. Uh, the water imagery is strong on this, but but uh, this is kind of related to just purely personal tragedy. Uh, his drummer left the band, uh, his partner left him, and his mom died in the making of this. And so he his quote on this, in making this, he said the songs are about how sometimes you have to sing a love song to yourself when no one else will, allowing the sound to carry you and learning to trust uh where you will land it is very personal, intimate, and the most humble of all my records. Why do you think Wes? you know me a good bit <laughs> that if anybody else says that, I'm like, that's bullshit <laughs> and And when Patrick Watson says this, I am all in and I believe it and and I should before we really get into this, this is in my top five albums of the year. It may be my favorite album of the year, yeah,
3: um yeah so i am i'll say two things one is on on your your last comment there um you know i've I've spent a little bit less time with this one so far Mm -hmm. um you know when you i listened to it a time or two um you know when you first shot it over to me and um and i liked it um a lot but um i honestly just like there was there was a lot that i was listening to at the time um and so it wasn't really until i went back to it about a week ago um and and then first listen that time i was just like oh my god like this is really mm-hmm. you know this is really something so so i i'm a, perhaps a little bit behind where you are on that one okay um but honestly i would say over the last three days this one has climbed i mean there's been a lot of good music this year um and you know how how I compare an album like this to something like you know the Common is coming or Theon Cross or something like that. You know they they just exist in such different planes, um, but definitely high on my list of of you know best albums. Without But well,
2: they don't necessarily exist on on uh, different planes. I think they, what they all have in common is they have heart. Yeah, they have they have real genuine feeling. There is there's a lot of music like this. Uh, Bonnie Vere specifically. Uh, we're not gonna trash him at all here but you know no, I, I do uh, the things that I don't like about Bonnie Vere uh and his last two albums I do like the first two albums a great deal uh that, that Patrick Watson does so well um is that it feels uh like it's coming from some sort of human place and and talking about emotions that are are destroying I mean this this album if you let it
3: will destroy you yeah uh, I have yeah. to I mean but it can also completely uplift you. Um, and, yeah, and so yeah. that's, you know, yeah. so, so let me get back to your first, um, you know, your first question for me here, um, which is, you know, why does this one, why mm-hmm. are you open to this one? And and it's really funny because that was actually going to be my question, <laughs> kind of, you know, I was coming into this <laughs> with a question yeah. for you, which I don't always do, but... Um, so, so here, like, let me, let me give you my question that has kind of my interpretation a little bit. Um, you know, listeners who may have um, heard the episode that Kevin and I did about the tallest man on earth may recall that Kevin wasn't really <laughs> huge on that album. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, would you would you say that's an that, accurate
2: that is an accurate, <laughs> representation. An accurate statement
3: that Kevin is not really a big, uh, big fan yeah. of, of, so, but so, so here's kind of my point. So we talked about that one. You are not there for the tallest man's feels. No. Having recently listened to the episode um, that you did about the new Wilco album, um, you, you, when you were talking about Jeff Tweedy's solo albums, um, you know, the last couple um, solo albums, you were kind of saying that you're not really there for Tweedy's feels at this point. Yeah, his cabinet
2: of feels. His cabinet of feels. Cabinet of feels. Um, <laughs>
3: that said, you are obviously here for the feels on this one. So... Here's what I think may be going on with that. And I'm curious, Uh like, you know, tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. But based on the conversation that we had, because this uh, Patrick Watson's new album is talking about some of the same stuff that tallest man was talking about, you know, the ends of a relationship, Mm -hmm. um, how you move through that, things like that. So I'm wondering if part of why you're here and and feeling this one um, and not the other ones. I know that you had kind of said during that conversation that you felt like Tallest Man was a little stuck there, like he wasn't trying to get through it and was just kind of like stuck on the grief. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's what's going on that's different about this one, that this is clearly an album that is somebody saying everything was swept away, my life was entirely changed, and now I'm standing up through it
2: yeah uh that's th- certainly part of it I, you know i think a lot of times uh songwriters exploit this stuff uh these base human emotions uh and 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 when they do it well we all respond we we are yeah. uh
3: it's the basis of all music i think yeah we can the, all name just, a dozen or more breakup albums that we love
2: the the first song though uh on here the This is the first line in in the song. Like, this dream I'm dreaming, won't you wake me up tonight? Because this life I'm living doesn't feel like mine. And then the end of that sort of stanza, uh, I never thought I'd have to start again. Like, Watson is not coding this in anything he's not he he is literary he's not trying to be literary he's not these these songs feel like effortless Mm -hmm. they feel like if he has an emotion about something he just lets it out and lets it go and and what he does that is very different i think than anybody else doing this is that he has the compositional chops to back it up uh and and that's what this album is all about there is for people who who you wouldn't get this by listening to this podcast but for people who know me at all the reason i got into music was john williams Hmm. specifically the empire strikes back uh original soundtrack it was bought for me Uh, it was an accident i wanted the storybook record so bad dude (laughs) and 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 i have always responded to like emotive music i played strings you know this is this is like in my blood and Mm -hmm. and so like i'm actually very critical of of any time People deploy orchestral sounds or anything, hmm. but there's something about Watson, and this was what hooked me on his last album, or the last album I heard, not the soundtrack. Uh, that he is able to take a line like that, and then match it appropriately with these sounds, and not have not have the the uh, the false inflation of ego to believe that him just saying that means something hmm. okay yeah yeah and 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 i think that is is what a lot of people get wrong and, mm-hmm. and they put ego when they're talking about this but i mean this guy and he just put it out there like he was destroyed before he made this yeah that's that's a triple like gut punch and yeah. then you go out and make it <laughs> it's like because I mean, I don't know what you're gonna do like uh, some people retreat and some people don't. I don't think he's a hero for making it, but I think he did go out and make it be not even thinking like, well, this better be the best thing ever and this better thing. he's just like, well, this is the only thing I can think to do mm-hmm. uh, right now he um there's a track in here. We'll just jump to it uh the the final track this this album is about it's a journey through this, right and it is a journey through loss and all the ways. That uh, all the ways and things you can lose, and it becomes bigger than just about him. It becomes about the world we're living in. But uh, this song, Here Comes the River, is so, uh, it it is my favorite track of the decade, period. Uh, And it it is as good as Here Comes the Flood, Peter Gabriel. It's as good. Mm -hmm. This is the level this guy's working on. So here's a little bit of Here Comes the River, and we may play the whole thing because it's just fucking devastating. Mm
1: The wind has done a fish pole. The cities are seas, the cars are drowning underneath your feet, the children are swimming from the top of the trees. Crowds of umbrellas are standing missing. Mary kept sewing, holding on to her TV. Even if the water is rising past her knees. Here comes the river, coming on strong. But you can't keep your Any many words in this world, and has been a
2: There Here comes the river coming on strong and you can't keep your head above these troubled waters. Here comes the river over the flames. Sometimes you gotta burn to keep the storm away. I I don't know any better metaphor for what the world is experiencing, especially this week yeah. right now. I don't know any better metaphor for that feeling of you either were left somewhere emotionally or actually physically, uh, or you, you fucked up or, or what you know just this this the burning literally burning need to uh somehow like restart somehow be destroyed so that you can start again, and that i I mean there's so many levels personally that resonates with me on mm-hmm. uh we're coming up on ten years of me uh almost dying mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's in a in a few weeks, so it's just uh I, it, out of all the music that I listen to all the time uh this this just hit me it, it it felt like a punch to be honest it felt like somebody just fucking like
3: punched me right in my head and in my heart and i was like fuck oh man i mean he, he, one of the things that makes this album so effective is as you said he's managing to connect personal struggles you know difficulties you know you list those three things um mm. of his mother his relationship this this band, May. Um, that's enough in of itself in perfect times to really throw somebody into you know major, major, you know, existential yeah. despair, whatever you want to call it. And we are not in perfect times. So that's what I think is yeah, that's a, we can linger on that one for a minute. Um, he manages to connect this. I mean, part of it is the title of the album Wave and the, the you know the yeah. imagery that he's using about everything being swept away from under him. Um And, you know, this water just kind of coming and taking over everything, which obviously these days with climate change, you know, there's some oh. direct commentary there. Um, and I wonder to some extent if that was even a conscious thing for him as he was starting to compose this album, starting to really work with those metaphors, or if it was just something that he kind of realized partway through that there was you know, a bigger picture.
2: I believe one of his collaborators actually works in water photography oh, interesting. And, and actually did the, and, and did the, uh, the album cover for this. Maybe it's done all of them, but I think that's a lot of where that came from. But interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's this, it's this idea that like, it, it, let's just say he didn't, but mm-hmm. somehow he's unconsciously tapped into like mm-hmm. what, what is
3: going on? That those fears, those thoughts are underlying so much for so many of us at this point. Um, you know, that I think, it is something. It is going to creep unconsciously into a lot of what we're expressing, um, whether we're expressing something creatively through arts or if we're, you know, just having a conversation. You know, I think those ideas, those thoughts, are, um, you know, really deeply embedded in a lot of us right now. And uh, mm-hmm. so it is going to kind of sneak up. At the same time, you know, it could also be conscious because we are thinking about it all the time uh, as well. And then obviously, you throw all the political stuff into it. I mean, it just. There's so much going on in so many different ways, and he does manage to tie that all together. At the same time, the other thing that he's doing from a artistic point that's extremely impressive is blending together his compositional skills and his lyrical skills. And that's something that definitely, for me, I mean, my first probably four or five listens to this album was really just focus on the sound and part of it is just like me as a listener um i love lyrics i love diving into lyrics but i really need to read them um because i have a hard time hearing what people are saying and that is that is one thing you know this is not a criticism of this album but it's definitely one um even after a number of lessons i didn't really know much of what he was singing part of it is um you know the Vocal range that he's using, you know, he does a lot of kind of falsetto stuff, which I love. But as soon as you go into falsetto, I mean, as I said, I love that sound. But as soon as you go into that, I'm not going to hear what you're saying. Um, Yeah,
2: there there is uh, a one note to like the uh, middle section of the album, I would say, if if not the whole thing. Like there's uh, there's this thing he does uh, break it up on the track uh, Wildflower though. you. That use of, like, he just removes himself from the vocals. And and that use of the woman's voice mm-hmm. to do all this stuff, mixing in uh, almost like sci-fi sounds. Yeah. yeah. Th- there's moves that you can make, like going up uh, a half note. Mm-hmm. And then going back down to the wrong mm-hmm. fifth and stuff that, that he just does. That, that you hear in, like, uh, post-apocalyptic things that all tie into, like, what you were just talking about. Um, this idea of water overtaking us. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, compositionally the album is very effective in that way. It's really, really evocative. Um, I mean, one of the things that I will say before going and reading any of the lyrics, um, and I, I will also just put out a little, like, you know, a, a thank you to Patrick Watson himself for putting the lyrics on the Bandcamp page. Um, yeah. You know, for listeners like me, that's really helpful. So, like, artists, if you're out there and you're doing something with lyrics, like, you know, put them up on your page. It's It's really nice for us to you know be able to hear what you're saying um but that said you get so much of the emotion of this album in both the grief the struggle the trouble mm-hmm. um that it's representing but also that optimism that sense of standing through it um that really comes through in the sounds and that's where you get i mean th- that is i think what sets him aside from a lot of other artists these days um you know, in the list of of artists that you named um, at the top here, um, I'd agree with all of those. I'm also, you know, I hear some Damien Gerardo at times um, in this. He's um, another one that does this, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit more layered, a little bit more, more composed than a lot of what Gerardo does. Certainly, um, certainly now. Certainly yeah, now. yeah, and that's or, Gerardo's work was his, his beginnings. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about Damien Gerardo a fair amount, and um, you know, I got into him with rehearsals from Departure, um, you know, his first album, so right. I knew him as a as a you know basically solo acoustic artist. Um, and then started hearing some of the more um, composed and complex stuff that he was doing, and then he's kind of shifted back around. But there's definitely there's some melodic similarities, um, and there's some um, you know some other um, kind of comparisons I think between the two. Um, but it, it really is something that is, I mean, you know, it's a combination. I think that there is something inherent in a person that they can do that, and yeah. yet this guy has also obviously you know worked his craft to a level that allows him to do this and you know when you listen to um his most recent album before this one which um you know was new to um I think you said to you as well yeah, um yeah. which was a soundtrack and it's um you know, I don't think there's any vocals in that or at there's least not, not, no. not many um and it's absolutely like I mean it's stunningly beautiful uh, and I put that one on thinking it was going to have vocals um yeah. you know and it's it's just like it's a gorgeous composed record and that made me You know appreciate the compositions a little bit more but he does have that ability of getting through really deep and complex and often even conflicting ideas um, through just the music and then to be able to back that up with um you know really deep and effective lyrical imagery as well um it's just it's a really remarkable achievement that he's Put together here, or they, yeah, I should say, it, it's it, not it, just him.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just him, and I think that that's important uh, to point out again. But also, like, like if I said to you, like, something like uh, egregious or hyperbolic is this, like this album is made of magic, like what would be your response?
3: I agree. I, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I, I I don't
2: I don't see I don't understand. Th- there's there's so many people doing like we mentioned Bonnie Iver, and mm-hmm. and there's no way he wasn't influenced. You know, he came oh, sure. like, post Bonnie Iver. There's no way he yeah. wasn't influenced by that but it's just there's the the this album to me needs to be the one that everybody is holding up this and and i'm going to talk about later clipping uh and i think they, they are sort of cut from the same same cloth they're, they're taking magic they're grabbing mm-hmm. it and putting it down on wax yeah and they're doing something that is so audaciously like just the thing you should do yeah <laughs> uh and 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 we don't see that anymore and yet we keep holding up records that are good but mm-hmm. are not are not this and and because of that because that sucks all the air out of the room it leaves it doesn't leave any room for this and people like don't hear it people it just i mean look i didn't hear his last album mm-hmm. how i this is this is like my favorite artist how does that even fucking happen and it happens because of things like this because stuff like this doesn't get recognized as a a uh, again uh, this is the most this is gonna be the most hyperbolic episode we've ever done you know a staggering work of genius uh this is he uh knows he's in tune with some you know a secret chord yeah. in the universe and, right. and you know he wrote with Leonard Cohen before he died he said that that oh, I didn't know that yeah yeah he said that changed huh. the way he he that this makes band, a lot this band of sense. played with James Brown <laughs> like can you imagine Patrick Watson <laughs>
3: By opening for James Brown like I'm he up with a no on that and yet yeah, yeah.
2: yeah and and huh. you know this if if you go back to this guy's history they've just been like keep on delivering delivering and delivering and he's in a phase now where it it you know you peak and all of a sudden you just have this this magical toolbox
3: yeah and you know that that concept of of tying into that magic, tying into that universality, tying into being able to connect all these threads. I mean, I do think, you know, going back to your point earlier, um, you know, when I said that some of my other favorite records of this year, you know, and what I mentioned at the time mm-hmm. was the Is coming, Theon Cross, you know, and a lot of jazz stuff and primarily, um, the thing that I think is connecting a lot of these, albums and you know going back to some of the albums that we've been talking about about just you know the healing power of harmony of difference or of um, Bluebird by um, Resno and, and tenborn you know these yeah. albums that have just been or the one that you know that I just um, heard yesterday just came out yesterday that that you know I wanted to mention to you and that I think we should potentially talk about at some point um Bremer and McCoy yes, um, yes. you know just oh my god, that's just such a gorgeous album, and it's the same sort of thing like these are albums that don't sound alike I mean you know you put on you put on the Patrick Watson album, you put on Burma and McCoy, you put on um, The Comet is Coming. You've got three very, very different sounds. But what you have is three groups or artists who are tying together all these different things that people are experiencing and expressing them in different ways. But they're tying into this magic that is just putting out some sort of a healing energy um, that is so essential to the world at this point you know music obviously can play a lot of different roles um and i do deeply believe in just you know the the expressing of pain you know as something that is necessary for us to do but when you can express pain and healing together i think that's what we're seeing with a lot of these albums that are the most remarkable things that might not sound at all alike but it's that balance of 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 pain and healing that um, is really just you know, just just so essential right now.
2: Uh, there's a track on here, Melody Noir. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a single. like So he he was releasing singles for this, uh, I think, last year. Uh, and uh, hear a little bit of it. It has, you uh, know, in in an album of devastating lines. I think this is one of the most devastating lines I've ever written, but it's a little bit, bit of Melody Noir.
1: I feel like I know you, put you just a ghost to me. Such a shadow, so it comforts me. You are the sweetest melody I've ever sung. Sweetest melody never sung. At the
2: end of the verses, he comes in and says, uh, you are the sweetest melody I never sung. That line kills me. How... <laughs> it's... So for to break that down, it's admission of that like, you just didn't, you didn't do the thing you should have done. Mm-hmm. Like throughout the song that's what that's what it's about you know mm-hmm. it's it's saying admitting mistake, but also like a lot of times when we make mistakes our our mode is to be defensive yeah you know we put up these barriers and stuff and, and instead he faces it directly head on with just love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't you know to all the points you've been making like and that's what's re- that's what's required yeah that's what's required for us to survive now. I, I don't think I don't think any of us have a choice, right? To do that, yeah. So to see it just on this Canadian dude's album, because <laughs> well, look, Canadians do it better, but that's
3: another <laughs> here nor um, there. There's some decent stuff happening in Montreal.
2: It's yeah. It 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 just it, and it's there's so many like there's there's like songs where there's like five moments like that in a song, and that's why I did refer to it as magic, and that's why I believe mm-hmm. it is magic. I think it it just everything about this is is nigh perfect
3: yeah i can't well, i can't punch a hole in it No, yeah, not at all and, and you know another thing about melody noir that i think is really interesting is that it is like most of the albums on there there's these devastating parts of it like that line at the same time the sound of it um, you know that one's got a little bit of a bounce to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a little. I, I don't. Um, you know, I, I make this next comment acknowledging that it's not a type of music that I know as much about, so I'm not going to get the terms right. But it's got a little bit of like of a, of a samba or like Brazilian. I don't know, like some sort of a rhythm like that. I don't know yeah. if you can identify that a little better than I can. But um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, you know, something something along those of, of this kind of um, you know samba is what was coming to mind for me. And and as I said, that might not be accurate. But um, but it's got a little bit of of that kind of you know rhythmic approach um that does lighten it up a little bit um Mm -hmm. at the same time i mean you know again like it's about balance to a certain extent and um you know his ability to craft an album that just sounds has these kind of (laughs) waves Uh, to it would you say Um, it's about bobbing in the waves it would it sounds like some kind of up and down bobbing in the waves there it really does um yeah and that's just something that it gives the album pacing um it just shows how many levels this is working on and that's what makes it such a remarkable thing like there are so many different parts of this that would be remarkable in of themselves and when you blend it all together that's what puts something over the top as something that isn't just a really good album in a year that has a lot of really good albums it really sets it into one of the top albums, at least of this year, maybe yeah. of the decade, maybe you know yeah. beyond that, because he yeah. really just has tapped into it's, something here.
2: It, yeah, it's funny to say so that togetherness is is important to this. Like I, I don't, they're, they're certainly going to release singles off this album. They certainly have. Uh, this is not a thing to listen to in in parts. This is, you put it on, it's mm-hmm. it's 45 minutes out of your life. And that's the other thing it has in common with the clipping album. It's not a thing like, sure, you can, like, you can break it apart, but really it's meant to be this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, it is about, uh, uh, I think, ultimately uplifting you and letting you know you're not alone mm-hmm. uh even though uh all signs point to you're alone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, uh, in in the clipping case, you know, and, and again we're going to talk about that uh it's it's about being like hoping you survive the night. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um
2: that that's for another podcast. Right. Uh this is yeah, it's it's just um w- when people make whole albums like this. I just had a conversation with Ryan Walsh who we're going to be mm-hmm. having on here for his uh the eh Hallelujah, The Hills' new album uh, is coming out, I'm new, And one thing he said about it, he said, you know, we wanted to take on that myth that, like, albums were dead mm-hmm. and just sort of, like, kick it in the head and make the best fucking album we could. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing there. But, mm-hmm. uh, and they did. Yeah. That's a spoiler. But but this is what I think Patrick Watson did. I think in an age of people, like, saying, albums are dead, no albums, why do you have an attention span? You can't do it. Like, yeah,
3: here it is. And the fact is, I mean, it, it, we are living in a world now, I mean, it's an interesting thing, you know, I, I think a lot about a comment that a student made to me a few years ago, um, well, you know, it did come out one way or another that I was a big music fan, and then this student came mm-hmm. to me and said, you know, so, so okay, so, so how many songs do you have in your collection? And I was just kind of like, that's not a question that people of our generation ask, Uh, because for starters, like, you know, our generation grew up on albums. um, And I know, I mean, you and I obviously are people who are still huge album fans. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate a good song. Um, You know, a really good song on its own can do so much, but when you get into a really good album it just allows you to go so much deeper and so much more complex and you know some of these things we've been talking about um you know you can take for example summon the fire um off of um the Comet is coming trust in the life force of the deep mystery yes. and that's just a bang and single and yes. you can take it on its own and it exists and, and you know says stuff on its own but when you listen to that in the context of the album it does change the meaning of it mm-hmm. um and at the same time i think that oftentimes in order to go really deep into a lot of this stuff you have to go that full length you know one of the other albums that i've been thinking about a lot with um with patrick watson um though it's a very different feel it's representing a lot of the same sort of um ideas and particularly grief and and how you get through it um is a record by um Rob Mazurek um, called um, Return the Tides. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can find a copy of that on vinyl, it doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere, Um, but it is one of the most devastatingly powerfully, you know, emotional albums um, that I've ever heard. And it's one that I just put on all the time. And and the whole deal behind it is that um, Rob Mazurek apparently was very close with his mother. Um, She was diagnosed with cancer um, 11 days later, was gone. And two weeks after that, he pulled together this group of really close friends, and they just went into the studio and made this largely improvised album. And it just it expresses this idea of continuing along through grief at levels that you know are just hard to imagine. Um, And I think that that same sort of thing is happening here because again, it's not just lingering in the grief, you know, getting back to my comment about how, why I think you might be connecting with this one more than some others. It's definitely not stuck. It's definitely about how you get through, um, you know, and that is, I think something that just, it helps us get through our hard times by hearing these things. Um, and it, you know, it, I mean, it, it, it tells you you're not alone. Um, you know, that one of the most powerful moments in music history for me is David Bowie in rock and roll suicide when he just literally screams, you're not alone. And, and to me, that's a message that Bowie gave before I even heard that song. Um, but that's something that, you know, there are other people out here struggling who can help you get through is something that we all need to remember.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what it's all about. We need we need more shit like that. I, yeah. I think uh you know, we need more people uh and there are. It's just not happening necessarily in pop. You know, if you uh this is a little different, but uh Colin Stetson reworked Gorecki's uh sorrow. Uh just um, if, if you listen to that you are you you vibrate. Yeah. And, and and you fall apart and you're put back together. Yeah. Uh uh Brad Meldow earlier this year, mm-hmm. finding Gabriel, you know, that yeah. is is a very raw look at a man searching like it, it gives in an age where everything has been memeified, yeah and and commodified and technified and it, and it just like to be able to like just be put back in uh the meat sack as it were yeah. Yeah. uh is 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 phenomenal so yeah this is this is just uh, uh i i can't believe this album exists yeah <laughs> just and I, and I don't think i've ever said that, about that. Anyway, but it's it's
1: fucking phenomenal so. I thought I could hear there's a thousand person choir singing in my ears into drowning into it happily.
2: Patrick Watson's Wave is available everywhere you can buy fine records, and I suggest you go out and do that. I picked it up, and it sounds phenomenal. It will uh, – you know, and like we said in the podcast and then little chat, you, you need to listen to it. You need to spend some time with it uh, as a whole. Don't pick it apart. I mean, you can have your favorites. Sure, we all do that. But really, just take this in as an entire work, a, a staggering uh, work of genius. That is uh, going to make your life better. That is my official – Assessment here, my prescription for you, Patrick Watson Wave. It's gonna make your life better. Uh, that is about it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. Do all the things. Just tell your friends at Chunky Glasses on all the socials because we are ChunkyGlasses.com production. You go there, you can just find all our episodes, all our live coverage, uh, which is based out of D.C. We do some here in Milwaukee, but also in Chicago. Uh, Also, you can go to OsirisPod.com to find all our episodes there. Co-mingling with all our Osiris brethren, like Broke Down Pod and Dead to Me. Uh, Coming up in the next few weeks as we sort of wrap up this year and wrap up this decade... Uh, I want you to do some homework. I want you to go out and listen to the Clipping album. There existed an addiction to blood. Uh, It is out. It is a a beast to process, and that's why we're taking some time with it. It's also uh, one of the best albums of the year, and and quite horrifying, which is why we're doing it on Halloween. So you're going to be hearing about that. Uh, Before that, though, you're going to be hearing about 111 Heavy's new album, Desire Path. You're going to be hearing about uh, the hunky legacy of Chris Isaac, that's just a random thing we're throwing in there. And then we're going to just circle back, catch some albums that we maybe didn't talk about, and then try to close out this year sometime around, you know, first or second week of December. Take a nice little break and come back for season 10. So that that's what's coming up as this year, this season, winds down to an end. Uh, so we'll be back in a few short days. Coming at you to talk about 111 Heavy. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon.